All right, so now we're going to move into oral pathology, which is the science of diseases of the mouth. We're going to first start and talk about the tongue and all the different diseases of the tongue. So we will describe and we will, t we will say the term of the disease, and then we will go through in detail about that particular disease. So we're going to start off with the geographic tongue. This is AKA benign migratory glossitis. Causes unknown may be induced by stress. Involves the dorsal and lateral borders of the tongue. Loss of filiform papilla. Erythematous patches surrounded by a white or yellow perimeter. Condition is not static. Patient may complain of burning sensation. There is no treatment indicated. Now the next disease is a hairy tongue. Um, this cause is unknown, may, but may be associated with tobacco use, chemical rinses, alcohol, or certain foods. It does involve the dorsal surface. The filiform papilla become elongated and may be white, yellow, brown, or black. May result from antibiotic, corticosteroid, or radiation therapies. Poor oral hygiene. The treatment involves brushing the tongue. Fisher tongue is the next next disease or oral pathology. I don't really want to call it a disease. Um, we'll call these oral pathologies. So the Fisher tongue, the cause is unknown, could be a variant of normal fissures or grooves uh, seen on the dorsal surface can become irritated if food collects here. Treatment involves brushing the tongue with a soft brush. Now the next pathology is the lingual uh, varicosities, so dilated superficial veins located on the ventral surface of the tongue, clinically see red to purple in large vessels, most commonly observed in patients over 60 years of age. Another pathology is median rhomboid glossitis, may be associated with fungal infection from candida albicans, appears as an erythematous area at the midline of the dorsal surface of the tongue. Since it is devoid of filiform papilla, the MRG appears smooth, often seen in immunocompromised individuals, no specific treatment. We also have macroglossia. This is enlarged tongue. Macroglossia has been described in patients with the acromegaly. Enlargement of the hands, feet, maxilla, mandible, enlargement of bones of the forehead, nasal bones. Mucosal changes such as thickening lips and macroglossia have been described. We also have Down syndrome. So this is the trisomy 21 in Incidence increases with increased maternal age, fissured tongue, macroglossia, mouth, breathing, hypodontia, tarodontism, gingival and periodontal disease, crowding of teeth, and decreased dental caries. And then we also have the, the ankle glossia. This is the short lingual frenum, excessive adhesion of the tongue to the floor of the mouth, and it is caused by a short lingual frenum. So the next topic that we're going to discuss is white lesions. So first off, we've got white lesions is the nicotine stomatitis. Benign lesions seen on the hard palate of heavy smokers from pipe, cigar, and cigarettes. 
The intensity of smoking required to produce this lesion increases the patient's risk for the development of malignancy at another site in the oral cavity or respiratory tract. Initial response to the heat on the palate is an erythematous appearance. With time, keratinization occurs, which results in an opaque appearance. The raised red dots represent the duct openings of minor salivary glands. White, coarse, wrinkled appearance. Now, the second lesion, white lesion, that we will discuss is candida albicans. This is the most common oral fungal infection. Can occur in patients who are immunosuppressed, including antibiotic therapy, chemotherapy, denture wares, diabetics, HIV infection, and xerostomia. Topical applications are nystatin and clotrimazole. The systemic administration is the, the ketoconazole and the fluconazole or the diflucan. There are types of candida albicans. We have the pseudomembranous, which is white plaques that wipe off with underlying red mucosa. Think of thrush here. This is superficial candidiasis. The next type of candida albicans is the urethematous. This is red mucosa, often painful, localized or generalized. Think of acute atrophic candidiasis. The next type of uh, candida albicans is the chronic atrophic candidiasis. Presents as erythematous mucosa, but limited to the mucosa covered by the partial or denture. So this is um, also think of denture stomatitis here. We also have angular chelitis. This is redness or fissuring at the labial commissures may also be due to nutritional deficiencies such as insufficient riboflavin, this is vitamin B2, frequently accompanies intraoral candidiasis, may occur in persons who are freq frequently lick their lips. Median rhomboid glossitis, studies have reported an association between candida and MRG, erythematous area at the midline of the dorsum of the tongue, also for the immunocompromised patients. Now we're going to move on to white lesions that are leukoedema. So another white lesion is the leukoedema, a benign abnormal abnormally, which appears as a gray to white film on the buccal mucosa, giving the tissue an opaque quality. Stretching the mucosa makes the opalescence less noticeable. More commonly seen in African Americans, no treatment required. Clinical appearance is important. Another white lesion is the linea alba. The term means white line. This is hyperkeratonic, extends the anterior, the anterior posteriorly on the buccal mucosa along the occlusal plane, may be bilateral, may be prominent in patients with a bruxing or clenching habit. The next white lesion that we will discuss is leukoplakia. This is a white patch or, or plaque of oral mucosa that cannot be wiped off, cannot be character, characterized clinically as any other disease. Many cases are related to the use of tobacco, smokeless included. Microscopically, leukoplakia can range from hyperkeratosis to squamous cell carcinoma. Moving on to another white lesion, which is hairy leukoplakia. 
Etiologic agent appears to be the Epstein-Barr virus and associated with HIV. Associated patients with low CD4 counts. White patch seen on the lateral border of the tongue may be the first oral manifestation of HIV disease. The benign lesion does not require treatment. Now we're going to move on to pigmented lesions. Now, the next lesion that we're going to discuss is pigmented lesions. So the pigmented lesions, we have the physiologic pigmentation. This is racial pigmentation or normal pigmentation. So variable and dark skinned individuals. And we also have pigmented lesions called the mel melanotic macule oral focal melanosis, or an oral freckle, or an oral ephilis. Flat, these are flat brown lesions, not dependent on sun exposure. Seen on the lower lip, also intraoral. There's no treatment necessary, monitor size and changes. The next pigmented lesion is the amalgam tattoo. This is the most common pigmented lesion that you will see in the office. Um, this is a Focal argyrosis, amalgam particle in soft tissues, refer to the radiographs to make sure that this is what you're seeing. Another pigmented lesion is the Fordyces granules, intraoral sebaceous oil glands, small yellow nodules on buccal mucosa and vermilion seen after puberty. The next pigmented lesion is a varicosities. This is dilated superficial veins prominent on ventral surface of the tongue. Another pigmented lesion is Addison's disease, primary, primary adrenal cortical, cortical insufficiency, insufficient production of adrenal steroids due to destruction of the adrenal gland. Stimulation of melanocytes may occur, leading to diffuse pigmentation of the skin. Oral manifestations include melotic, mel melanotic macules on the buccal mucosa, gingiva, and may extend to the tongue and lips. Also, petechiae are seen on the palate. So think, and this is bronzing or tinted skin. Now we're going to move on to the connective tissue lesions. Connective tissue lesions are the next lesions that we will dive into. So the connective tissue lesions are irritation and traumatic fibroma. These are the most common tumor of the oral cavity. Persistent exophytic lesion composed of dense scar-like connective tissue, reactive hyperplasia of fibrous connective tissue in response to irritation or trauma occurs as a result of chronic trauma such as cheek biting usually a small lesion the color is usually lighter than the surrounding mucosa smooth pink firm elevated nodule a small node cluster of cells treatment includes surgical excision microscopic evaluation may also be necessary the next connective tissue lesion is the papilloma, caused by the human papilloma virus, HPV. This pedunculated, stalk-like, warty, soft lesion, these tumors are often cauliflower-like in appearance. The color of the lesion depends upon um, the amount of keratin present. Treatment includes surgical excision, which must include the base of the growth. Usually do not reoccur.
The human papilloma virus can cause cutaneous or skin warts. The Veruca vulgaris is usually a white papillary exophytic lesion. HPV can also cause genital warts. The condyloma acuminatum transmitted through sexual contact. Treatment is surgical excision, but recurrence is common. So the next connective tissue lesion that we will discuss is the hemangioma. This is the common, a common vascular lesion, considered a developmental lesion rather than a tumor due to limited growth potential. More than half of all hemangiomas occur in the head and neck region. The tongue is the most common intraoral location. When hemangiomas occur on the tongue, the macroglossia can result, and girls are more common than boys. We're going to continue on to the inflammatory soft tissue lesions. And we're moving on to inflammatory soft tissue lesions. So the inflammatory soft tissue lesions, the first one is the epolis fissuratum, fissuratum lesion caused by an ill-fitting denture located in the vestibule vestibule along the denture border composed of dense fibrous connective tissue same type of tissue as an irritation fibroma surface is often ulcerated treatment involves surgical removal of the excess tissue and construction of a new denture the next inflammatory soft tissue lesion is the papillary hyperplasia of the palate a form of denture stomatitis almost always associated with a removable appliance that is never removed. The palatal mucosa is covered with multiple red papillary projections, granular appearance. The next inflammatory soft tissue lesion is the pyogenic granuloma, commonly occurring intraoral lesion seen as a result of injury. Usually ulcerated, soft to the touch, bleeds easily, vascular appearance may vary in size develops rapidly when then remains static often occurs in pregnant women and are called pregnancy tumors the lesions are identical to those seen in men and non-pregnant women may be caused by changing hormonal levels treatment involves surgical excision in if the lesion does not resolve on its own pg may it re recur if the agent plaque or calculus remains. The next inflammatory soft tissue lesion is the peripheral giant cell granuloma seen on the gingiva or alveolar process, usually anterior to the molars can vary in size, dark red in color due to numerous blood vessels, similar to pyogenic granuloma seen more frequently in persons over the age or less younger than 30 years of 30 years old women are more common to have the peripheral giant cell granuloma than men treated by surgical excision and generally do not recur the next inflammatory soft tissue lesion is the gingival hyperplasia an increase in the bulk of the, the free and attached gingiva, especially involving the interdental papilla. 
Rounded gingival margins. Tissue color depends on amount of inflammation. Ranges from normal pink to erythematous. May be generalized or localized. Causes include chronic inflammation associated with local irritants, hormonal changes, certain medications, or hereditary causes which can begin in childhood. Medications involved with hyperplasia include phenytoin, this is dilantin for seizures, calcium channel blockers, procardia, nephidipine for hypertension, cyclosporine for transplant medication. Treatment can include reshaping or removing the excess gingival tissue. Good oral hygiene is also highly recommended. We have one more soft tissue lesion we will discuss, and that is the chronic hyperplastic pulpitis. Think of the pulp polyp, excessive proliferation of chronically inflamed dental pulp tissue, occurs in teeth with large open carious lesions, red or pink nodule of tissue is seen protruding from the pulp chamber. This is asymptomatic. The treatment includes endodontic therapy or extraction of the tooth. All right, so the next ulcerative lesion or the next topic that we're going to discuss with path pathology is the ulcerative lesions, also termed vesculobolus or blistering diseases. Ulcerative lesions, we have the erythema multiform. This is acute ulcerative condition that affects skin and mucous membranes. Women are more likely than men and young adults. May see a variety of skin lesions. Papule is smaller than a nodule. Characteristic skin lesion is the bullseye or the target lesion, which demonstrates circles of erythema and normal skin tones. Oral lesions commonly present as ulcers on the lateral borders of the tongue or crusted and bleeding lips and hemorrhagic crusting. Cause is not clear. May be a reaction to infection such as herpes or TB. It may have sudden explosive onset. The next ulcerative lesion is the Steven, Stevens-Johnson syndrome, the most severe form of erythema multiform. The mucosal lesions are larger and painful. Two mucosal surfaces involved. The genital mucosa and mucosa of the eyes may be involved here. The next ulcerative lesions are the lichen planus, benign chronic disease which affects the skin and oral mucosa. Classic clinical appearance is an arrangement of interconnecting lace-like white lines commonly seen on the buccal mucosa. The slender fine lines are termed the Wickham's striae, reticular type of the LP or the lichen planus is also lace-like. Erosive type includes ulcerations. Cause is unknown and the erosive lesions increase with stress. The ulcerative lesions, another ulcer ulcerative lesion is lupus. Chronic progressive with periods of remission in between. Skin lesions are the most common clinical manif manifestation. Most common skin lesion is the butterfly rash over the nose. Diagnosis is based on a multi-organ involvement and the presence of anti-nuclear antibodies in the serum. Treatment may include aspirin and non-steroidal -stero anti-inflammatory agents. 
Another ulcerative lesion is the traumatic ulcer. So ulcerated lesion due to trauma. Cheek bite, dry cotton roll removed quickly, over, overzealous brushing. Diagnosis is made through the patient history. Healing usually lasts 7 to 14 days unless the trauma persists. Ulcerative lesion, another one that we will discuss is the amphis ulcer. This is painful, recurring ulcers seen only on movable mucosa of the oral cavity. The mucosa not covering bone can be caused by trauma, emotional stress, or certain foods. So think citrus fruits. Application of topical steroids can be helpful with treatment, especially effective in the prodromal stage. We are going to move on to ulcerative lesions that are viral. All right, the next ulcerative lesion that we will discuss is the viral or ulcerative lesions. So in ulcerative lesions that are viral, the first one we'll discuss is herpes simplex virus or the HSV. There are two major forms. So the HSV type one and type two. Type one virus causes oral infections and type two virus causes genital infections. The oral infection with HSV occurs in initial in an initial form. The initial infection is termed primary herpetic gingivostomatitis, which is characterized by painful erythematous swollen gingiva and multiple tiny vesicles which progress into ulcers. Fever, malaise, and cervical, cervical lymphadenopathy may occur before the oral symptoms. Commonly seen in children under the age of six, Lesions heal in about one to two weeks. Oral infection with HSV occurs in a recurrent form. HSV can persist in a late, latent state found in the trigeminal ganglion and can recur. Prodromal symptoms precede the infection, so burning and tingling. The most common type of recurrent oral herpes is herpes labialis, which occurs on the vermilion border of the lips, often referred to as a cold sore or fever blister. Certain stimuli are associated with recurrent HSV, such as exposure to sunlight, stress, fatigue, fever, or menstruation. Also seen intraorally or keratinized mucosa fixed to bone, such as the hard palate or gingiva, bound down mucosa. The tiny vesicles can coalesce to form a larger, irregular ulcer. Immunosuppressed patients can see recurrent herpes anywhere. HSV is transmitted by direct contact with an infected individual. Diagnosis is made by the clinical features. Treatment includes antiviral drugs such as acyclovir. Ulcerative lesions, another ulcerative lesion that's viral is herpetic whitlow. HSV can also cause a painful infection of the fingers. Can be either a primary or recurrent infection. Another ulcerative lesion that's viral is the herpangina. Caused by the Coxsackie virus, vesicles are seen on the soft palate, usually accompanied by fever, malaise, flu-like flu symptoms. Disease will resolve without treatment. Another viral ulcerative lesion is the hand, foot, and mouth disease. 
again, caused by the Coxsackie virus, usually seen in epidemics of young children. Oral lesions are painful, ulcerative vesicles. Macules typically appear on the feet, toes, hands, and fingers as well. The treatment generally is not required. Another viral ulcerative lesion is the infectious mononucleosis caused by the Epstein-Barr virus. Clinical symptoms include sore throat, fever, lymphadenopathy, fatigue. The oral manifestations include palatal petechiae. The virus is transmitted by kissing and contact with saliva. Another viral ulcerative lesion is the varicella zoster infection caused by the varicella varicella zoster virus. Primary infections are known as the varicella or chickenpox. Secondary or reactivated infections are herpes zoster or shingles. Transmission is via inhalation of contaminated droplets. Reactivation is uncommon, but may occur with immunosuppression, drug administration, or HIV infection. The, The next topic that we will discuss is bone lesions. The next topic that we will discuss is bone lesions. So bone lesions, we have tori or torus, maxilla, bony, radio-opaque mass in the midline of of the hard palate, more predominant in females. The ratio is two to one. Mandible, it's bony, radio-opaque mass seen on the lingual surface of the mandible, usually bilateral, more predominant in females, again, the ratio is two to one. Bone lesions is, think, exostosis, bony protuberance of on the facial and buccal surfaces of the jaws. Another bony lesion is odontoma, the odontoma, most common odontogenic tumor, composed of enamel, dentin, and pulp. So these are like toothlets or diffuse mass. Treatment is excision. Bone, another bone lesion is the periapical cemental dysplasia, the cementoma, common in middle age African-American females. This is mixed radio-opaque and radiolucent lesions seen at the apex of vital teeth usually mandibular anterior. There's no treatment required. The next bony lesion is the florid osseous dysplasia, common in middle-aged African-American females. Dense sclerotic masses of bone or cementum can be seen in all four quadrants. There's no treatment required. The next bony lesion is the Paget's disease, Common in men older than 50 years of age, enlargement of the bone and spaces between the teeth are seen. And think of my dentures don't fit. This is radiographically seen as like a cotton wool radiopacities. The next is a bone marrow, bone marrow lesion. This is multiple myeloma. Common in men older than 60 Tumor originates in bone marrow. Condition is usually progressive and fatal. Symptoms include anemia, painful bone lesions, 
the radiographically, you see the punched out radiolucencies in the jaw. The next topic that we will discuss is cyst of the oral cavity. First, we will define, so def definition of a cyst. Epithelial line cavity or sac often filled with straw colored fluid. Definition of odontogenic cyst is a cyst in which the lining of the lumen is derived from epithelium produced during tooth development. Odontogenic cyst, the radicular cyst, seen in the apex of a necrotic tooth. Radiographically, see a well-defined unilocular radiolucency. This is asymptomatic, most common cyst of the jaws. Tooth needs extraction or endodontic treatment. The next cyst is a residual cyst, radicular cyst that was left behind. The treatment involves removal of the cyst. Moving on, we have the dentigerous cyst or the follicular cyst seen around the crown of an impacted or an unerupted tooth, commonly seen with mandibular third molars, also maxillary canines. Second to third decade of life, asymptomatic, radiographically see a unilocular radio, radiolucency, unerupted tooth is frequently displaced. Treatment involves removal of the tooth and... Uh, the enucleation. Another odontogenic cyst is the primordial cyst, occurs in place of a tooth. Radiographically, see a unilocular radiolucency. The next cyst is the odontogenic keratocyst, or the OKC. Unique epithelial lining, radiographically see a unilocular or multilocular radiolucency, high recurrence rate, benign but aggressive behavior. The mandible is greater than the maxilla. Another odontogenic cyst is the lateral periodontal cyst. Commonly, location is between the roots of the mandibular premolars. Radiographically see a unilocular radiolucency, cannot probe in this area, and males are greater than females here. A non-odontogenic non cyst is the globulomaxillary cyst. This is seen between maxillary, lateral incisor, and canine. Radiographically see a unilocular radiolucency causing a divergence of the roots. Another non-odontogenic cyst is the nasopalatine duct cyst or incisive canal cyst. The radiographically you see an oval radiolucency and the midline of the anterior maxilla may appear heart-shaped due to the presence of anterior nasal, nasal spine. Most cases are asymptomatic with swelling being the clinical feature. Treatment is surgical enucleation. A non-odontogenic cyst, the nasolacrimal cyst, soft tissue cyst, often lifts the, the ala of the nose. We are gonna move on to the salivary gland lesions right now. All right, guys. So the next, the next topic that we're going to talk about is the salivary gland lesions. And I want to go ahead here and apologize if I've said any of the terms wrong, and I'm sure that I have. So I will, um, apologize for that. And I'm probably going to say some more terms wrong, uh, continuing on. 
because you know it's the dental world and it's a little funky and that's okay um so yeah if you have any questions you can always message me and um we can try to figure out the term together and um and i'll be able to hopefully give you the the spelling of the term so moving on we've got the salivary gland lesion so the first salivary gland lesion that we will talk about is a mucosil this is lower lip is the most common site clinically appears as a bluish pink fluid filled nodule caused by the traumatic severance of a salivary gland duct common in adolescents and children treatment is excision salivary gland lesion the next one is a ranula this is the mucosil of the floor of the mouth caused by obstruction of wharton's duct submandibular which is a submandibular salivary gland duct the clinical clinically see a swelling on the floor of the mouth with a soft tissue mass may have a bluish appearance compared to a frog's belly the next salivary gland lesion is the is a salivary stone called the sialolithiasis there's another funky one i'm going to say it again sialo sialolithiasis or a salivary stone this is a calcification within a gland or duct wharton's duct is the most common site may cause obstruction swelling seen during eating the next salivary gland lesion is benign mixed tumor or a pleomorphic adenoma most common tumor of the salivary glands parotid gland most common location most common intraoral site is the posterior hard palate this is painless it's a slow growing well circumscribed soft tissue swelling treatment is sur surgical excision the next is a salivary gland for the salivary gland lesion is the submandibular salivary gland depression think of the the staphnes bone cyst static or static bone cyst the developmental depression of the mandible from submandibular salivary gland seen below the inferior alveolar canal toward the mandibular angle ovoid radiolucency there is no treatment indicated here I'm going to move on in to the next topic, which is xerostomia. It's just a very small topic, and so we'll cover that quickly. The etiology includes medications, radi radiation treatments, aging with medications. Think here of the Sorgen's syndrome. This is an autoimmune disorder in which the immune cells attack the exocrine system. Here you'll have dry mouth, discomfort, possible cracked lips, dry eyes, halitosis, loss of tongue papilla, and increased caries. Now we're going to move on to the precancer and cancerous lesions. Precancer and cancerous lesions are the actinic keratosis, premalignant skin lesion that may transform into squamous cell carcinoma commonly seen on on sun exposed skin this is irregular and it has irregular with scaly plaques a precancer and cancerous lesion another is the actinic chelitis this is premalignant lesion of the lower lip clinical ap appearance ranges from crusted red white ulcerated lesion Another precancer and cancerous lesion is the squamous cell carcinoma. This is most common form of the oral cancer, malignant tumor of squamous epithelium. Clinical appearance can begin as a white, 
white plaque, like leukoplakia, then become an exophytic ulcerative mass. Be suspicious of a red and white lesion that is indurated lesion or a hardening of the lesion. Seen on the lateral border of the tongue and floor of the mouth. Those are two key places to always remember. Lateral border of the tongue and floor of the mouth. Usually metastasizes to lymph nodes of the neck, then more distant sites such as the liver and lungs. The risk factors include tobacco use and alcohol seen in patients that are over the age of 40. Generally treated by surgical excision with the possibility of radiation treatment or chemotherapy. Prognosis is based on size, location, and presence or absence of metastasis. Treatment can cause skin urethema, caries, xerostomia. Do not recommend an alcohol mouthwash for patients with this oral cancer. Moving on to the teeth. So these are abnormalities of the teeth, alterations in the shape. So first we have gemination, the development of two teeth or two crowns within a single root. The tooth count is normal here. You also have fusion. This is the joining of two developing tooth, developing tooth germs resulting in a single large tooth. The tooth count is one tooth less than normal. The next is the concrescence. This is a form of fusion. Teeth are joined by cementum only. Commonly seen in maxillary second and third molars. We also have the dilaceration. This is the extraordinary curve or bend in a tooth. Extraction and endodontics may be difficult for these. We also have dens and dentae. This is dens and in vaginitis. In vaginitis. Tooth within a tooth, the invagination of the crown or root that is lined with enamel, seen most commonly in maxillary lateral incisor. The ex extend the accentuation of the lingual pit. We also have turodontism. Large, this is where you've got a large pulp chamber. Location of the furcation is more apical, elongated crown. Commonly seen in people with Down syndrome. So think here, a, bull, a bull's tooth with turodontism. Now we've got enamel pearls. So think ectopic enamel, developmental disturbance of enamel formation, usually seen on the bifurcation or trifurcation areas, may be a problem in cases of periodontal disease. The next is attrition. This is the physiologic wearing of teeth resulting from mastication, tooth to tooth contact, age related process, uh, bruxism is a patho pathologic form of attrition. Now we also have abrasion. So know the difference between attrition and abrasion. Abrasion is the pathologic wearing of teeth as a result of an abnormal habit or the abnormal use of an abrasive substance. So example uh, for abrasion would be pipe smokers, aggressive tooth brushing. And also abfraction, so lots of A's, make sure that you know the differences here. Abfraction is seen in adults appear as a wedge-shaped lesion at the cervical areas of the teeth. Cause is related to fatigue, flexure, and deformation of the tooth structure. 
We also have erosion. This is the loss of tooth structure from a chemical process. So examples would be chronic, vomiting, bulimia, and acidic foods. We also are going to continue here with the abnormalities of the teeth. So this is the alterations in the size of the teeth. We have three. We've got the microdontia, the macrodontia, and the diastema. Di diastema. <laughs> the microdontia is the small teeth. Maxillary lateral incisor is the most common. So here, this is an example of the peg lateral. We also have macrodontia, which is large teeth, which is uncommon. And then the diastema. This is space between two adjacent teeth. It may be hereditary, often seen due to high frenum attachment and muscle pull. Now we've got abnormalities of the teeth, alterations in the number. So you could have anodontia, which is the complete absence of the teeth, partial anodontia, one or several teeth are missing, hypodontia, usually seen congenitally missing third molars. And then you have the ectodermal dysplasia, a syndrome where complete a anodontia may be seen. Partial anodontia is more typical with the conical shaped tooth or the conical shaped teeth. And then we also have the supernumerary teeth. This is extra teeth in the dentition and it's also known as the hyperdontia. The mesiodens is a most common supernumerary tooth followed by maxillary molar area, the fourth molars. And another abnormalities of the teeth is the alterations in color. So we have the tetracycline staining, systemic ingestion of tetracycline during tooth development causes this endogenous stain. It can be fluorescent to color, gray or brown. The abnormalities of teeth. So we've got defects of enamel, dentin, and pulp. So we've got the ameliogenesis imperfecta. This is hereditary disorder of the enamel formation. Clinically see enamel, hypoplasia, pits, grooves, soft enamel. Teeth can darken or be discolored. Dentin and pulp appear normal. The dentogenesis imperfecta, this is hereditary disorder of the dentin. Clinical discoloration of teeth gives the name opalescent dentin. Enamel is structurally normal, but fracture is easily due to poor dentinal support. Radiographically see the obliterated pulp chambers and crowns. We also have the external resorption, a complicated dental abnormality because no explanation for the condition usually exists. Resorption of the teeth from external surfaces. And internal resorption, so usually you'll see a pink in, in color, may be seen as a result of pulpal in injury or no apparent cause. Teeth may appear pink due to the proximity of the pulp to the surface and the pulp becomes enlarged. Treatment is endodontic therapy before perforation into the periodontal membrane. And now we're going into the environmental hypoplasia of teeth. First, the systemic. So causes of systemically induced enamel defects are usually attributed to childhood diseases. 
The hypoplasia or hypocalcification can be seen with rickets, birth trauma, idiopathic factors, congenital syphilis, and fluoride. Syphilis infection affects the permanent incisors and first molars. So thank the Hutchinson's incisors and mulberry molars. There's levels of fluoride. So this is greater than one ppm during crown formation may result in fluorosis. And lastly, guys, environmental hypoplasia of the teeth. This is local. Local trauma or abscess formation can adverse, adversely affect a developing crown. The resulting hypoplastic or hypocalcified permanent tooth is known as the Turner's tooth. Enamel hypoplasia is caused by any condition that inhibits enamel formation, such as the absence of amelioblast during, during the tooth development.